uh, I feel obliged to say, <clears throat> is this the show? Yeah, sure. We'll call it the show. This is the <laughs> before show was the book club. This is now the show. And then after show is the after show. And then the okay. after party is the parking lot party. All right. That's good. <laughs> the, uh, Hi, Justin. <laughs> hey, what's up? How are you? Oh, good. We have a lot of stuff to talk or follow up because we've been rambling about other topics. We keep just talking and talking. Yeah, and then and then I forget about the thing that we wanted to talk about. And you bought some games on Steam that I have to guess, and I still haven't had a chance to talk about this. Okay. Yes, well, that is true. I did buy three games on Whoa, Steam three, three. during a sale when I said I would not buy games. But a specific event happened, and then I bought three games. A specific event? Cause yeah. you to buy a game. Well, and it wasn't like, you know, 4th of July. It's not like a, uh, it was like a personal discovery. Okay, okay. <laughs> so I was about to say, I'm like, well, we had the Home Run Derby. Which no, was no. That was pre. <laughs> it's not uh, like it was Thanksgiving world... and I was like, oh, turkey. Let's buy some turkey games. <laughs> Let's buy farming a simulator. <laughs> I got to find out how to take out some wild turkeys. Yeah. No. Okay, interesting. An event that happened. Well, uh. Is, are there any clues you can give me, or do I have to do this uh, cold turkey? Ha! Uh, that pun just sunk in. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say words. Suck. I think the turkey one. The turkey one? <laughs> That's the, it, it, it involves turkey? Yeah. Seriously? I, I think... I think uh, I could give you hints, but I feel like if I give you hints, it's going to give it away. Okay. Did you get a simulator? So I'm going to say, did you get farming? No, you got American Truckers, didn't you? Uh, no. Okay. That was a great guess. I'll give you that one because <laughs> that was a great guess. Yeah. Um, I just feel like it's something someone buys out of pity. I'm like, it's five bucks. Like, really? I can handle five dollars <laughs> just $5. to buy it. I have it. <laughs> five dollars for the... Greatest game ever created, obviously, <laughs> and, since everybody seems to play it, even non-gamers. And the the reviews, steal. yeah, in Steam, it is the highly anticipated and highly reviewed <laughs> overwhelmingly positive. Yes, which is a sad, sad thing. But hey, whatever. Um, now I have to look it up because we need an actual percentage. Um, it's probably ridiculous. Oh, Josh, let me think. Um, did you finally buy Stardew Valley? No. Okay. I already have Stardew Valley. Oh, that's right. Somebody bought that for me. Uh, okay. I'll give you that one, too, because you technically knew that. It's a 96%. American Truck Simulator is that's 96% overwhelmingly positive. With 2,700-plus re re recent reviews, 23,000 reviews in total, over 23,000. That's nuts. This game is insane. <laughs> and people clearly love it. I still want to buy it and play it someday. When it's 99 cents, I'll buy it. <laughs> but it I don't know. $5 is all right. I could do 5 Yeah. Well, and it's a shame. Uh, I, I did not buy anything on the Steam sale, so uh, I guess... I'm not saying that's a good thing, because I'm sure there's something out there I should have bought, but uh, I'm so swamped with the amount of games that I have now that I, I'm loving and trying to cut through. Uh, I just want to keep rolling, so... Um, I'm with you, and I um I had the same kind of mantra and feeling, and just it wasn't that I was like I'm not gonna buy anything during the yeah, Steam sale. It, it just yeah, was like yeah. I don't have anything to buy. Like I have everything I want. 
yeah. I'm content. <clears throat> I, that, I really I think have that's a tons good of games to play through. Yeah, I'm content. I think that's a good word. I was yeah. pretty content with what I had. Oh my god. Uh, why is the now new and trending game Four Down is titled Missed Messages? <laughs> and something tells me it's... Uh, oh lord, have mercy. A modern romance game. Yep, totally can't believe that. Well, just what? Just what? <laughs> What's a mo- mo- mm. I don't even... I, I don't think I want to know. Uh, so I'm going to give myself one more guess, and then you're going to have to just tell me. Okay, yeah. One more time. One more guess. <sighs> Did you buy... Hold on. I think I have a... Have we... Can I ask one more question first? You may. Okay. Have we talked about it at all on a pod on this podcast? Oh, have we? So there are three games. Yes, one of them. It doesn't matter because I'm only going to get half of one, right? <laughs> Maybe close. <laughs> um, and um, have we talked about them? I think we talked about one of them one time, but in like passing. Did you? Did you buy that? Um, that uh, shoot, 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 shoot. It just came out, and our our good old friend Hans bought it. Is it that game? No. Okay, that's, that's a great guess, though. I that it's still too high. That one's still. I didn't know even if that on, one sale. on sale. The fell seal. Yeah, fell that seal, one's yeah. twenty three dollars. Okay, still on sale. Okay. And I I would really like to buy that game at like twenty bucks or less. I know $3 is not a big deal. I'm kind of feeling more in the $15 range for that game. I feel like I'm going to be upset that you're going to say one. I'm like, damn, I should have guessed it. Because it's probably a stupid <laughs> Final Fantasy game that you purchased. <laughs> well, you... no, I already own all those. <laughs> <laughs> I already own them on all That's the remasters. That's not true, actually. That's not true. I don't have five for the second four. I don't know what that's about. I don't have three. I don't have two or one on Steam. Uh, okay. okay, so... So tell me what so, you I don't think you'll ever guess this, and that's why I was kind of interested, and now it's just gone to garbage, so we'll just jump into nice. it. Good job. So Justin. I bought three games. Yep. I bought Total War Empire. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Then I bought Ultimate General Gettysburg. <laughs> what? <laughs> and then I bought Unity of Command. Ultimate. What was it, Ultimate? So what ha- uh, Ultimate General Gettysburg? Ah, okay. I have a good feeling. I understand why you've been on a really big kick with this genre or this, this just war stories in general. I have. And what happened was I fell back into, fell back into strategy gaming and playing the total war games. Specifically, uh, my latest bender has been medieval total war two which is one of my favorites. I It's between that one and Shogun 2. There's so many Total War. Total War games. Yeah, but the problem is, here's the problem, Justin. Are you ready for the problem? Yes, tell me They're the problem. all so good. <laughs> oh, no. That is the problem, except for the ones that are bad. <laughs> so Shogun 2 is probably my favorite, but I have these like benders where I have to play uh, Medieval 2 as well. Um, and if you have you ever played a Total War game? Um, no, but, uh, the problem behind that was cause I was playing Stronghold and Age of Empires mm-hmm. and I never got into Total War mainly because when Total War, is it Rome? 
maybe Rome 2 came out or Total War Rome, the first one. Yeah. Or any of those, my computer couldn't handle it. No. <laughs> so I couldn't yeah, play well. those games, but they looked fantastic because the amount of, the sheer amount of uh, units you could have on the field uh, was awesome. So the best part about them, I think, I mean, there's a lot to love about the series and they have their faults for sure. They're not the greatest games ever created, of course, but they are fantastic. Yeah. Um, but one of my favorite things about them is I think it was Rome. I don't think it was Rome too. It was Rome that A and E did a whole series on Rome and they used Rome yeah, total yeah. war to create the battles. That's impressive. <laughs> it's ridiculous <laughs> like hey let's grab that video game you know where they show all the guys running across the field yeah and then it's they super just, cheap yeah they just set the camera up and moved the guys across the field and it's really funny to me that they used a video game to simulate the war battles in uh in a any special so you know what they say one in rome so like yeah right so <laughs> so i just want to i'll cover some of these games real quick and maybe we can do a whole podcast on some strategy games because i've been falling back into them yeah I and just loving every second totally of it totally okay with that yeah and it really the impetus was of course you ready mm-hmm. it was a final fantasy game uh it was tactics yeah i had been playing tactics a bunch and i'm like oh i need more strategy <laughs> strategy and tactics i needed more so i started delving into it and fell back into rome total i'm sorry medieval 2 total war and uh gosh i love that game i love medieval games like that it's just so good and you know it's marginally historically accurate it's really not i mean they start out with some of the same like here are the players on the field and have at it yeah and then from there it's no longer historically accurate of course yeah so what i like about them is that for me they were a great kind of gateway drug which is a terrible thing to say to two grand strategy games which i had never played until much later in life and um, i know my friends had grown up playing a lot of strategy games on their pcs or you know computers when they built them and their moms and dads had computers for work we didn't have that for a long time so when i played games i always played console games and even when i played computer games i really leaned heavy into action and rpg games rightfully so yeah of course but strategy games are so good especially when you could take it turn by turn and you just have to click that turn you know you get that one more turn feeling i love that feeling the one more turn feeling yeah it's pretty good so of course the my first real hardcore heavy duty strategy game was a civilization game but uh total war really brought me into the idea of a grand strategy game which steps outside of the typical, like, build this and then have units running across the field um, real-time strategy game that I had grown up with. Yeah. But the idea behind the Total, um, the Total War games is you get this giant map, which is another thing I love about it. You have this big map of an area, and you're taking over provinces, and um, you're sieging castles, and you're uh, marrying off princesses, and it's, it's crazy. It's a lot of fun. You get agents to have as spies on the map. And then when you get into battle, it takes you to the next phase where then you have troops in a real-time strategy that you move across the field in formations and you try to strategically outmaneuver your enemy. Right. And um, it's gorgeous. It's always very pretty to watch. And especially the samurai or the uh, the 
knights getting into hand-to-hand combat and just the sheer it's terrible to say but awesomeness of war and watching it happen yeah. and um it's terrible because it looks so real but that's the fun of it too so i think yeah. so, for me it's the uh, real uh, rts games are always it was always the execution of the strategy or the the thrill of actually working and like i i would over i would always and when i was playing uh like games like supreme commanders uh forged alliance subcom uh or uh, stronghold crusaders or anything like that I'd play against my friends or on- people online. Like I overanalyzed everything, and some people just like had game tactics, meaning they they would exploit uh, oh, yeah. specific things in the game that made it for easier sure. for people to win. But I'm sitting here trying to coordinate like a multi pronged attack from different aspects or with different uh, units, and like m- match my anti air with their air uh, air units and so forth. Yeah, and I would just take it too serious, and my friends would just be like, "You're doing it wrong." This is how you do it. This is how you exploit and go faster. Uh, so uh, I really like that that aspect. And if you can find a game that kind of does a good job of blending both, like you still get to you still get to exploit the game, but you still have to apply strategy. You can't just go bum rush up the middle like Call of Duty. Uh, that, <laughs> that's always nice, and that's why I think Supreme Commander Forge Alliance did that for me because of the sure fact that you had to build mass or farm mass. You had to get energy to provide for your troops and all your uh, you had to provide for all your whatever you were doing in order to actually be successful and it also took strategy because certain units were overpowered but other units had flaws and you couldn't just bum rush by sure numbers because uh, that also didn't help you either and then you have a the pending nuke of alex the enemy could create a nuke and just <laughs> destroy you so you had all those other things happening at the same time so yeah it's a lot of fun I that was what I always wanted from real time strategy games was the the hardcore tactics the you know re- reacting to the enemy positions and yeah. falling back or wheeling on them Total War delivers that 100% and um I I remember I loved real time strategy games but I always felt like I was grasping for that next game that allowed you to really take strategy and tactics in real time on the battlefield as kind of a, a useful thing to be thinking of and analyzing, just like you said, because the problem with a lot of the real time strategy games that I played, and I think you grew up playing too, Mm -hmm. was, you know, your Starcrafts, your Starcraft, not as much because you really had to get the rock, paper, scissors down that you were mentioning. Yeah. But a lot of the command and conquerors, a lot of the, even age of empires, it was about amassing a blob and then sending that blob across the map to the enemy. And then, Maybe there'd be a couple of units that were special and you'd like pick out and give them specific targets, but it was never about like this, this particular line of enemy or I'm sorry, line of men should stand here and take the enemy in this way. And then you should wheel your cavalry around the side that way. And, you know, you can kind of force that on a lot of the older real-time strategy games or even newer ones that are more about action yeah but it's not usually going to give you the return that something like total war gives you it's why i loved um they came out with a series um 
it was after I forget when it came out, but I'll have to look it up called ground control. And the point of it was, and why I loved it so much was that there was no building of bases. There was no resource management. There was none of that. You got a set amount of troops and, um, units at the beginning of the, the mission. And your job was to take those units and successfully complete these missions. And they were long. Right. And so, and one of the things I loved about it too, like the different phases of the mission. Yeah, and one of the things I loved about it was that the units, when you selected them, you were selecting entire squadrons at a time. So unlike real-time strategy games before that, where you select one unit at a time and you select a blob of them and move them, when you selected like the infantry, you selected the whole squad of infantry and moved them as one. And they could take different um, formations to effectively apply the right amount of fire or whatever and so you had to really carefully move through maps and take on the enemy with the right formations and in the right style and i love all that and total war brings that to you 100 percent. and really the the other game the ultimate general gettysburg which really is like a i almost feel like that game is kind of their demo game for the civil war game they made later called ultimate general civil war oh long name yeah um the same thing applies with Gettysburg is that you, the idea is that you have these lines of men and formations and you move them across the battlefield in certain areas. And it's actually very pretty to watch because they actually show you the lines of movement of your troops um, in a very specific, like, characterized way. But it's really cool looking because you, it, it's important to have those tactics where you're changing the positioning of your troops and moving them and wheeling them. And um, I really like that. And then lastly... I also bought Unity of Command, and that's like a turn-based grand strategy game. Well, turn-based war game, I should say. It's all hex-based. There's no, like, unit-based, you know, moving of troops. Instead, you have this giant hex grid of a map, and the idea is that you play, like, the Axis or the Allies on the World War II fronts, and you have to move your troops and tanks and um, everything across different lines of, of enemies. and the idea then is that you need to really take into account where your um, supply lines are. And if your units get a cut off from the supply lines, they are no longer effective. So right. you can lose them that way. Uh, but it's turn-based. So it's awesome because it's very strategic. And you kind of get this feel of this grander scale. And I really like that about it. So kind of not typical for my games, but I'm very excited to get into them and loving every second of them. Cool. So those are the three games you bought then? Those are the three games I bought. Not, not bad. I, I hope uh, you get to play them because those sounds like fun. I uh, definitely could spend quite a lot of time to playing them too. Oh yes, too much. In it. <laughs> uh, like one match sometimes would co- would be like three hours long for me for uh, a subcom one, and it just it'd be nuts. We'd we'd get on the, f- the three of us and we'd start going against computers and trying to rack up the the difficulty, and it would be a three hour game of just. I love that. Constant grinding to get resources, battles, like points where we all thought we were going to lose because someone launched a nuke. We're like, we're not ready for this. We don't, does anyone have defense? And then we pour all of our, because it takes time for the nuke to come over. Like yeah. We just pour all our resources into somebody building an anti, uh, uh, a missile launcher. It was a, that would uh, intercept uh, nukes, but you'd have to tear it up to intercept nukes. <laughs> so it was a lot of fun. And crazy supreme commander is the set of series or the set of rts games that i actually missed out on and 
I've heard a lot of really good things about them, so someday I'll have to purchase those. It's enough. To, they still have enough player base where they created a uh, because the servers for the multiplayer went down. The yeah. the players who were diehards ended up putting together and developing like a, a third party multiplayer app uh add-on essentially that would help you <clears throat> match with people and also had some built-in like download custom apps that was harder to do with the old version of the game so it and it actually the 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 players started patching the game and fixing issues that the company stopped fixing so it was kind of cool that is awesome yeah mods mods <laughs> for days um okay so i i failed to give you guys a follow-up on how final fantasy 7 going Oh yes, I'm, Final Fantasy VII. Yes. So where are you at? I uh, currently I have gone through the, the was it the Golden Saucer right? Mm-hmm. Completed that. I have received the Dune buggy. Um, when, and long I'm now stuck in Nibelheim for the second time, but post apocalyptic <laughs> or post destruction, and <laughs> I'm following Sephiroth to the reactor and now I'm, as i was talking to you earlier i'm stuck i have to figure out what i missed because the door to genova uh, i can't get into it's locked or uh, it doesn't say it's locked it just doesn't open so i have to figure out what i missed if i have to click on some other things i'm missing something so but yeah i i've put in a total of 11 hours into this game already which is pretty cool impressive for me because it's a game from uh quite a while ago and it's a game that i've heard over the years several times you should play it you should play it i feel and it, it, i think it hope will actually get me into some more final fantasy games if i like it enough and maybe i'll start playing and go down and start playing some of the older ones maybe or uh maybe some of the newer ones that have been coming out just to see if i still like it so sure that's pretty impressive i i have to say it's pretty impressive for a game that's well over 15 years old is still holding my interest, uh, especially with like the games that we have nowadays. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's um, it's a testament to that game, and to me, that game is obviously very special. Oh yeah. Um, I I've played quite a few of the other Final Fantasies, and that's still my favorite. Six comes really close though, so um, we'll have to get you either into more of those or. I'm glad that you're enjoying it because I feel like we can talk then more about JRPGs going forward mm-hmm. and some of the newer ones that even I haven't played or that I have and that you might like. Because um, there's a whole a whole kitten caboodle of different yeah, JRPGs that you could uh, <laughs> <laughs> that you could enjoy. So um, the fun part about them is there's enough strategy to make it enjoyable outside of combat. There's a good amount of action, and then the story is usually very good if you pick the right one. So. That's good. Seven holds a special place, but the reason I think that it holds up as well as it does is the characters. I think that they are really well thought out and kind of a motley crew of fun characters that just stand out. And um, you can kind of find one to identify with, and that's the fun part about them. And to see them kind of grow over this long period of time rather than just be this static, like, okay they're always going to be this guy with a giant sword or they're always going to be that person with a magic wand. You know, it's, it's seeing them change and grow and flashback to who they were at one at a different time and how they've changed. And that's just kind of special. And I feel like there's not many 
styles of games that really offer that no. as much. So that's where the RPG and specifically the JRPG really come in and shine. That's uh, yeah, and uh, you've seen we've seen over the years just the the evolving and the changing of the JRPGs. I think. And yeah. some of it changing in new areas for the better, and then some for the worse, and some kind of coming back to the roots and re- reinventing uh, what made our JRPGs, JRPGs so really intriguing. And yeah. like I, again, it still blows my mind. Like at a game that a game, sorry, that a game such as uh, Octopath can come out and like kick people in the gonads and say like <laughs> we can still do this and it's That's awesome right. and so i i just kind of really appreciate that and look forward to playing that game but it's not yeah that $50. game really <laughs> exactly and I, I plan to buy it when it goes on like super sale but yeah i will play that game one time because that game gives me a lot of hope for new games coming out just like it and yeah. that there's a whole group of people that will play it and buy it so exactly. I'm very excited about it me being one of them yes cool uh but that's yeah that's my update so i plan on playing some more later i uh have been reading a book that i enjoyed uh, uh darker shade of magic if anybody's interested in a fantasy book go check it out and then also playing diablo 3 because josh got me hooked on it and i am of because it's awesome it's so good so fun just to destroy things but that's enough about the games we've been talking about almost every podcast <laughs> <laughs> I, there's so many games that I play that I don't even realize that I should probably mention when I jump on this podcast. I won't do it now because I feel like we want to get to the actual topic at some point. But yeah, so many games that I don't even think about that I do play and it just doesn't register in my mind that I'm doing that. It's so strange. But um, yeah, I mean, things like Titan Quest on my iPad or I don't even know, like Alto's Adventure or, you know, all kinds of things. So. Well, we should go through that at some point. We definitely will. Did you want to talk about, uh, I know you were really excited earlier about Dr. Mario coming out on yeah, iOS. I, uh, Dr. Mar- Dr. Mario Weird. World is now... Mario. Merp, merp. Dr. Mario. We're... <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Third time's a charm. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Mario World. Or, as some people say on the East Coast, Mario, Mario. Dr. Mario World is now out on iOS. came out today. I haven't really even cracked it open to play at all i haven't had a chance today um the other part of it is that i never enjoyed dr mario growing up i was a tetris kid and that was about it but i'm very excited that nintendo is actually making games on ios so that's why i think it's fantastic that it's out now um it is free so go grab it and download it and have a blast so i will probably play it next week or for next week and we can talk about it then Cool. We definitely should follow up on that one. I downloaded you, it myself. Yeah. Did you play Dr. Mario growing up or no? No, actually, I never played Dr. Mario. I always hated him in Super Smash Brothers too because <laughs> I thought he was the most useless character. Yeah. Um, so I avoided him at all costs, but uh, I still don't get the gist of it other than he throws a pill at people. That's about it. It's just a pill. Uh, the important. game is like a modified Tetris style game. So, I don't know. Those games never really hold my interest, unless it's Tetris on the Game Boy, and that's the only game you have. But um, yeah, uh, <laughs> oh Jesus! But I don't, I don't really usually get into games like that. So, uh, Doctor Mario was a miss for me when I was growing up. 
But I'm excited that they're buying into iOS and they are actually releasing games. This is, what, the fourth or fifth game that they've done on iOS? Yeah. Which is pretty exciting. So I just... All you need to do is make a Zelda game, guys. That's it. And you could even... You could even make it a really simple, like, dungeon crawly Zelda, and people would die for it. Dungeon so just, crawly Zelda. Yes. Nice. You could make, like, like you could make it like, uh, what's that game? Um, the Binding of Isaac, and just constant sure. dungeon, over and over again, deeper and deeper, delving into dungeons. And you could even make it a roguelike. I mean, my goodness. Oh, These really? are million-dollar ideas, Nintendo. Come get us. So... We yeah anyway. come, I mean you can just uh, we're uh, up for hire if you want we could do right. a bunch of wonderful games uh, we have wonderful stories that we can tell you about and uh, if you want we'll add our link in the in the show notes to send us the uh, reach out to us we're, we'll be more than happy to uh, work for you I mean get paid for you I mean uh, you know write games for you right and these are million dollar ideas we yeah. will give them to you for the low price of five hundred thousand dollars a piece yeah, I mean that's half the price half off half off for a limited so. time only you can get two games if you call right now <laughs> that's right in fact i will sell all of these ideas to you for five hundred thousand dollars so <laughs> just just contact me or justin and we'll get on it yeah exactly um duh. so i figured at this point we could probably jump into the topic cool which you wanted to talk? Yes, I, I kind of let you drive because I think this is your baby, and I'm I'm excited to hear what you have to yes. say about it. So we talked about in previous episodes about some of the gaming services, subscription services, and streaming services that are coming out or have come out in the next coming years yeah. um, and months. And something that kind of in the back of my mind, I was thinking, hmm, well, this is interesting. We're seeing a lot of push, just like we see with other multimedia for uh, TV series, uh, for television in general, all the subscription services we're using to watch our shows and movies. We're seeing that in the game side, or for video games. Sure. But for someone who went out within this year and bought another Xbox, yes, thank you, hold the criticism. <laughs> and as I'm buying it, I'm thinking, huh, am I going to be continuing to buy a, a console in the future? that will have the specs that I have now, or, well, sorry, will be comparable for the time of buying it? Will it have a disk drive? What's the point of having a disk drive if only literally weeks later after purchasing the Xbox One S that I purchased, Xbox releases, or Microsoft releases an Xbox that is all digital, meaning there is no disk drive, or, sorry, CD drive, in which you can insert a disk in and play the game directly from but rather an, an, an internal hard drive, just like every other game console, that you can digital or download your games directly to the hard drive and play it that way. And to me, that poses a problem, I think, for the future of console gaming in general. Oh, boy. Because Go on. Why? <laughs> for two major companies like Sony and Microsoft investing in creating new consoles and tiered consoles that in itself, like Xbox Project Scarlet, they're thinking of they're considering the two different tiered approaches of a higher co- higher grade console that you can buy like the Xbox One X, and then you can get like the lower end for the quote economical purchase. Uh, but if we're using streaming services, for example, to play some of those games, most of that hardware is not going to be utilized to play those games. You're going to be using an, a, an another system's infrastructure that all you're doing is paying for the monthly fee. Like you're not responsible for that. 
So then why the heck are we paying for a console that has other internal hardware that if it's cheaper for me just to pay a monthly fee, I'm just going to do it that way. So like, what's the point of having one disk drives or actual CDs that you're using to play a game and two, creating these consoles that are going to be in other household uh, people's households to play video games that you won't physically have possibly or own you're just paying some paying at a company to play on their servers like like what and essentially what's the point is this a bad thing like or and or is this a bad thing and why is it that i'm we're seeing microsoft and playstation or sorry sony heavily invested in these things that almost sounds like they're putting themselves in the corner saying we're gonna eventually wean this off like it just seems very odd to me and i'm not an expert clearly (laughs) but my god to me it sounds like you're removing your capital your 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 source of income from by another source of income that is more costly because you're owning the hardware to run it and two the prices you're requesting the users to pay is still going to be less than the amount of games they possibly pay per year on average so yeah it was just something that's been bothering me for quite a while and i really didn't want to talk about it because i know you don't really want to not that you don't want to talk about it but i'm sure i'm not exaggerating but thinking too much (laughs) into the topic um well so i guess what's what which part which part of that tirade do you want to handle first okay let's talk about <laughs> which the which digital. part should we talk about we'll first? talk about the physical heart the physical uh disc owning a physical disc of a game okay well yes okay let's go th- let's go there first because that's one aspect of it it's a yeah. very small 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 aspect cause... so so which one are you and which one am i because I'm, I'm trying to have a i'm having a hard time figuring out are you for digital or are you for discs well, I don't see the point anymore if we're of discs. if we're removing if somebody's removing a disk drive, which we've yeah. already seen on computers in general right. and laptops. Yes. Uh, what's the point in continuing to waste resources of creating the discs? Sure. And why are we going to continue selling them? Okay. And why yeah, are we yeah. going to continue buying them? <laughs> so I think the first thing that we need to mention with the whole topic on all the things you said during that um, monologue, monologue was that yes. was that we don't have any of the numbers in front of us, right? So, like, no. in theory, we could be all these companies <laughs> are doing the Apple thing and the Blizzard thing where they have these giant spreadsheets and they know all the answers to the questions of how many, when, you know, all the all the questions about... Yeah, all the estimates, all the yeah, estimates. Yep. People's buying preferences and all those things. So, you know how I feel about digital... He said, looking at a Steam library. Yes. And literally. how I feel about physical discs. And yet, I mean, just yes, two days ago, I bought a physical disc for the PlayStation 3. So What the heck, Josh? So, so I'm kind of a mixed bag. I, of course, lean more into the digital idea because I, I personally think the physical media, I don't need it. And so I don't care for it. And therefore, I'm fine just buying a game that's not... It, that's discless you know i don't need yeah. the digital or i don't need the that physical hard copy that said some people some people really really like having 
the collectible physical item to put on their shelf, which is really part one. And like, it's, it's kind of sub part three where it's down at the bottom of the list, because do we really need to kind of, um, do that so that the collectors can have their shelves full right. of games. No, of course not. And who really cares, right? They're not going to make di- game discs just so that collectors people. can put stuff yeah. on their shelves. There's probably cares. a very small margin of people, to be honest. Yes, I agree. But what I do think is that we are in a transition period. And I think we've talked about this before. We are not yet in the spot in the U.S. where there is the correct amount of infrastructure to support everyone being able to download their games and download their movies and other stuff really keep yeah and really keep all of their lives in digital format on some kind of server somewhere like that's not yet a reality it's the reality we're all driving towards and the reality all the technology companies want you to buy into yeah and now all the gaming companies but that's not a reality for everybody. I mean, there's giant swaths of the U.S. that do not have any way to get broadband internet at all. Whether that's DSL, whether that's um, cable, some of them can get satellite, but it's spotty. You know, it's like it's we really take that in the metropolitan areas and like the the um, suburban areas as like a a given, and it's just not. It's not a given. So so when you talk about when you talk about like the subscription services where you don't need the hardware, of course that's the dream, right? Then you right. don't then we're in the Steam era, right? Where there's you have a PC or a server somewhere that you don't need to worry about. That's not your concern. Your concern is paying for the service and then you have access to all these games and right. you don't have to care about is it compatible? Is it not compatible? Does it have the right hardware? And that's also the dream where companies can then Say, ding, now you have better hardware and things will look better. Congratulations. And also the utopia where you get the iTunes-style upgrades for games. Like, hey, guess what? There's a new uh, remaster for Bioshock. Suddenly you have it in your library. Thank you very much. That happened to me on Steam. And so that's, that's the dream. But that's not yet a reality. That's, that's going to be a tack-on to what they offer in hardware and then physical copies, too. Right. Because the idea and the name of the game, of course, is how many people can you get to buy your stuff and the content that you create, and that drives your profit. So you want to, and this is where Apple's now running into becoming content creators, you want to give your service to as many people as possible on every platform that you can give it to them. Whether that means, do they buy hardware from you? Do they buy discs from you? Do they download it digitally? It doesn't matter. You want to give them every option possible that makes sense from a business standpoint. And that's where the spreadsheets come in. Right, of course. That's important to your business. And I think that right now we're in this transition period where we want everybody to have that fiber or broadband connection that a lot of people just don't. So I'm not sure where in the questions and answers I'm at right now, <laughs> but the idea that that everything can be all diskless and everything can be subscription-based right. isn't yet a reality and, and is coming, but it's clear that the companies that are building it are the ones who are offering it as like an add-on or like a, a, a choice, you know? And that also brings into the idea of the subscription service, like you having access to crazy awesome hardware that's not in your house. Well, 
again, if the infrastructure isn't there, it's always going to be better to, uh, to have the hardware next to you locally. Local hardware is always going to work better if you don't have a good connection, obviously. So, right. So that's where like the systems come in or the consoles, I should say, and then having a physical copy of a game. And of course, there's advantages and disadvantages to digital copies. Yeah. I personally love digital copies because you there's not something to burn down in the house that then goes yeah. away when that happens. But, it's somewhere else and not my concern. So, But it also is like storage in general. You, if you're someone who likes to play multiple games at once, you have to have big enough storage that if you yeah. were to swap between game from game, you have enough storage to have those games already installed. And that's... What I find is great is I have the one terabyte SSD, or sorry, yeah. SSD, haha, one terabyte hard drive in the um, Xbox One S, and I have 97 gigs left. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the that to me sounded crazy, of course, where I bought, when I got my PlayStation 4, it's yeah. a 500 gig model, so it's, right. it's even less than what you have. Yeah. And I can get like three or four games on at a time. It's when you realize that they've thought it through and you can delete them but keep your saves and re-download other games that you own already. Mm -hmm. That's where it becomes like, okay, it's actually not a problem because if you have the right connection, you're talking, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes for a game to download. You can even do it overnight. So with the right setup, it's really not a problem. And even even in a a middle ground setup, it's pretty okay. pretty okay Uh, (laughs) very nice yeah but the point is that like you i i feel like there was at the beginning of this this console era especially because it was more so than the last one that there was this concern like i only have so much hard drive so it's what's gonna happen and also people realize when you when you go buy the disc especially on i don't know if xbox does it this way but playstation you go buy the disc you still have to download the game yeah it's the disc is really just drm it's just a way of for them to say do you actually own the game do you actually have a physical copy of the game yeah it's not it's no longer a thing about um it's not like playstation 3 and xbox 360 where it then saves you from having to download as much no they don't do that anymore it's just they download the game you have the game and now you don't have to download quite as much but it's still like tens of gigabytes of data that you have to download so it takes a while if you don't have the right connection so so i don't know it's it's this weird transition period we're in right now and some other countries have the correct infrastructure but the u.s is not one of them so i don't know it's we have these giant swaths of land where people live in very rural areas that don't have access to the same facilities that people are still using like HughesNet. That, uh, oh yeah, isn't that crazy? It's insane. I remember the, the uh, commercials for that when I was in sixth grade. Maybe. Yeah. That was a long yeah, time. Yeah, HughesNet is a. It's still there. <laughs> still prevalent, and it's sad to hear that I have a. We have a colleague of ours, which is going to be surprising to you, who whose family grew up in a, a rural area, and they use it and still have it. And every time he goes over there to, and he happens to bring his laptop, he's like, I can't play anything because it's so slow. And it just doesn't even, uh, whenever he's doing any matchmaking, if he's even attempting to do so, <laughs> the matchmaking doesn't work because it's like trying to connect him to people. And it's like, I'm oh, sorry, I can't connect to the servers just to find people. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's 
it's kind of sad. So we're very, we should be very happy for what we have infrastructure wise, but I, I appreciate your comment about not being ready f- just yet infrastructure wise, because we definitely aren't. Um, but it's not to say that in the come 10 years from now that this could change too. Yeah, for so sure. We could be in that point. Uh, I mean, Google Stradia, Strata, Strata, I think it is, Stradia. Uh, Isn't it Stadia? Stadia, whatever it is. Regardless, like, not like we talked about it in a couple episodes ago. But anyways, uh, they were, when Google was pushing out, yeah, we could push out 8K uh, and we'll be able to stream 8K. I'm like, no one is even thinking about doing that right now. No one can physically <laughs> stream 8K and no TV right now in the hands of a normal or average consumer. That's not possible. You'd have to be very, very wealthy to buy, quote, AK TVs or even set yeah. yourself up for something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's totally possible in the future, but it just kind of makes me think of the whole battle of uh, digital books and physical books. So um, we could be debating this for a while. Um, I do think, though, that uh, it's interesting what will come out of whatever Microsoft ends up doing with the drive disk drive for their new consoles. If they actually do just eliminate it and just say, okay, for the, for the sake of uh, space and uh, moving forward tech being for, you know, forward thinking, we're going to remove it and we're going to just, you know, purchase, have it purchased through uh, a digital store. But the problem is that's going to be really bad for places like GameStop and, yeah. Which they're already hurting because of the fact that digital markets are, or the digital downloading of games is is becoming more relevant. I don't have to leave my my room right now. Yes, to go get goodness. something. I don't have to walk into sorry guys, but a smelly GameStop with a guy who probably hasn't hey. showered. <laughs> and my or, GameStop people are awesome. Mine are too. So that's why I said sorry because there are definitely GameStops yeah. out there. But uh, yeah, it's just kind of interesting. It, I wonder uh, if other people have that feeling that they're we're moving in this direction, which definitely there are. But then um, I don't know. There's just a combinations of things that made me think about it. And one of those, not to <clears throat> get off topic, was the fact that GameStop is hurting very badly yeah. right now. So, well, and yeah, I mean it's it's a lot of factors for them, and it will always be a lot of factors for them. Yeah. Um, I I just mentioned that I bought a PlayStation Three game. Yeah, and what game was that? Sorry, here, did I skip um, that? Uh, it was Valkyria Chronicles, which okay. I've wanted to play for a while, which happens to be a strategy RPG. No way. Um, <laughs> but I've been wanting to play it for a while, and this is what happened. I said, okay, well, I've been playing a, my PlayStation Three again, so <sighs> I really want to play this game, like really bad, and. I don't want to buy the remastered one because that one I think right now is 20 bucks and I wanted to save a little bit of money. So I said, oh, but wait, my friend has this game and lent it to me at one point. I just didn't get a chance to play it in time before I gave it back to him. So yeah. maybe I can borrow it from him, him again. And so I texted him and he said, oh, let me go look or I'll look this weekend, something, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said to myself, well, but wait a minute. This is a pretty old game maybe GameStop has it, right? Like, maybe yeah. they have this game and it's relatively cheap enough where I can just drive across the street, don't be creepy, to my GameStop and buy it <laughs> and then have it, you know? And then I don't have to worry about trying to borrow it from a friend, all those things. 
So I look on GameStop and it's six dollars and ninety nine cents. What? Seriously? Okay. Nice. That's cheap, that's right? Cheapo. Like that's, yeah, that's good enough. For that's me. like that's like impulse buying style, right? Like Class. no problem. And they had one near me at a different GameStop, not the one across the street, but close enough that it was three miles. Great. Wow. Maybe I'll go pick so it up far. tomorrow, right? That's what I say to myself. Then I'm like, well, wait a minute. But if it's that cheap at GameStop for a used copy, maybe somebody has a new copy. So I go on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> That's somebody who is up. the conglomerate Amazon. Yeah. Got it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And I look it up. And of course, on Amazon, you can buy a brand new copy sealed, unopened, for $9.99. Oh, and they can have it to you tomorrow. So I said... Well, I'll spend the extra $3 and get a brand new copy that's never been touched before. And that's the thing is like, there's so many different angles that just beat out GameStop's business model, really. I mean, because they need these giant wide margins for these old games to make the money that they try to make, which makes sense from a business model standpoint. They're doing it right. It's just, it doesn't fit as much anymore. You've got eBay who takes a crunch out of them on one side then you've got the amazons that have you know access to hundreds of used places to buy these used games from and also places that have new copies of these games stored in their warehouses somewhere yeah then you've got you know these digital games being downloaded and also going on sale for really really cheap all the time and that's Kind of why I've bought into digital as much as I have, even on the consoles. They have these flash sales that are like, holy cow, that's a great deal. I'll buy it. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Um, And so, yeah, I mean, for them, they're kind of in a dog-eat-dog world right now. And they're, like you said, hurting. I don't know. It's it's not tenable. And it's going to end someday pretty soon, I think, for them. But for now, they're still holding out. So as we're talking about struggling and just... I did realize that GameStop has a summer sale going on right now, right before the yes, Prime. Yes, they game. do. And yes. you started talking about games, buying new. And I thought, hmm, interesting. Let's see what like what what are some of the crazy deals you can get. Destiny 2 for PlayStation 4 is $2. <laughs> 99 cents. Well, yeah. Keep in mind they gave that game away at one point. Yes, but I mean, the, the Division 2 is 20 bucks. Uh, yeah. Bioshock Collection, 15 bucks. These are all like brand, not, sorry, they're new game sets and they haven't been opened. And some of these are like at a really good deal. And yes, they're physical. Like Days Gone is already $40. That's, wow. Interesting. But keep in mind, this is during the same time as the flash sale on PlayStation Network. Yeah. And I assume Xbox is doing the same or similar. Uh, I have the and game right pass, now, all so. the games you just named off are at the same price, and you don't have to leave your house. So yeah, exactly. Sold, yeah. you know? That's, and that's these the are, yeah, these are all fake. They're like, oh, in a hurry? Well, you can pick it up at a store. Like, order it and just come and get it. You don't have to talk to us. You already paid for it. And while, sure, that's nice, but yeah, I still have to get up and go get it. And why not just digitally download it and have it too? where where i want them to keep going is when i start looking for like retro games or retro consoles like i bought my 3ds my new 3ds xl for much cheaper used and then they also give you that crazy warranty and it's been great and i love that thing to give you a new battery and um so that's been a huge awesomeness for me like i i constantly go on there looking at um 
uh, Game Boy SPs or Game Boy Advances. Um, I even occasionally look for a GameCube, even though I probably will never buy another one of those. But I mean, the idea is at least there that they have these retro retro consoles and Game Boys and um, old PSPs or things like that. Some of those someday I want to purchase as well. And sometimes I just going on eBay, I get worried. I'm like, does it actually work? Does it work the way they say it does? Yeah. Is there a crack in the screen somewhere? Is there a line in the LCD somewhere that there, it's, you can't see unless you hit it at a certain angle? You know, the stupid, irrational, but sometimes rational worries about eBay. Yeah, um, totally. And you don't have that problem with refurbished or, you know, stuff from GameStop necessarily. And if you do, they take it back and they'll give you a different one. So I don't know. I like the idea of them. I don't give them a lot of my money every year, so I can see where they're kind of going downhill. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's We're in a transition phase, and those are always hard because everybody's trying to figure out, well, where do we go now? <laughs> and some people are taking a stab at it, Google, I'm looking at you, and others are kind of sitting back and waiting. Yeah. Um, but of course, games as a service is the direction and the hope that someday we'll get to. Right. But there's a lot more than just them making it that's going to take to get to that point. So we'll see. I don't know. Very interesting time. Games are fun. I like them. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's not like we're going to not, we're no longer going to have video games. There's always going to be, they're always going to be there. It's just for me, yeah. it's like wondering if this slow approach of, okay, weeding out the digital, just like we have, or the physical, just like we have for our PCs and our laptops and, and the headphone jack, just kidding. Oh, and God. moving from there, that's like a stepping stone. And then once we get to an infrastructure that's ready, then poses the question of like, okay, is it going to be a matter of like, whose hardware can stream better? Uh, so. Well, w- well, there's one more aspect that I want to mention about the the physical part mm-hmm. um and you see this more in movies of course but it it's in games too um <clears throat> the streaming services and the infrastructure that we have yeah don't necessarily stand up to the same fidelity as yeah. having the physical consoles time. or the yeah. physical devices or the physical games yeah, I mean, you, you're talking about response times. In the t- in the case of movies, like a Blu-ray still beats out anything, even a digital download. Um, it's oh, not yeah. the same way with a game necessarily, mm-hmm. but in some ways it is. Um, yeah, Google's saying 8K stream, blah, blah, which I believe, but you have to have the right connection for that. If you don't, it's going to be downstreaming or down um sampling everything mm-hmm. and just to make it so you can see it smoothly or actually play the game um but having a blu-ray of the game itself on hand has the potential to really give you a, a higher fidelity that kind of goes out the window when the game companies start doing what what they did in this generation where you're still downloading the digital game you're just you have a disc to prove that you own it, right. you know, that kind of thing. So I don't know. It's a, it's a weird time and it will eventually even out and figure out where it's going. Um, and we see the, the kind of signals of where they want to go, but it will be a while. Yeah, it will be a while. And that's, and that's fine. And I will have to buy the next Xbox version or console obviously for one and one reason only is halo uh, but yeah. i will i will be happy to <laughs> continue to purchase digitally or physically whatever they decide 
uh the games that come out after that and like what important things come so uh, i'm not trying to be it wasn't really supposed to be a negative a view a point on the future of the consoles it was just more of like a hey i hope the the head big guys and or women <laughs> that are sitting on the uh the boards making these these decisions based off of ridiculous Excel spreadsheets because we all know that's what they're probably still using or some weird business uh, visualization like uh, I don't know was it is it okay to talk about Tableau sure why not <laughs> I guess we'll throw it in there um, and things like that like it's just I would hope that somebody's making those decisions and they're not just banking on nerds like us to continue to buy physical copies or to just buy into the system anyways. So, um, but you know, that's what they're doing though. I mean, that's the whole idea behind every company scrambling for analytics for goodness sake. That's like the whole thing. Yeah. So, and they don't want to report any of their other, their set, like their findings, not their findings, sorry, the the units they're selling specific companies have moved that away because someone will see it as a negative that they're not selling as much as last year. But in retrospect, like the money that comes out of that might be different. So, yeah. Yeah. For sure. I will say that as an adult, I definitely want more digital. I like digital. I like buying digital. I like having it in a library that I can scroll through and select what I want to play and not having to walk over to a bookshelf of stuff and pop a disc in. Um, But as a kid, I loved having games that you could bring to school and swap with friends and stuff like that. And you miss out on some of that with digital only, of course. Um, So I don't know. It's benefits and negatives here and there depending on what you like yeah well let's talk about some other thing positive things before we wrap up okay fine do you see any good deals besides uh well i guess the steam sale has ended but we have some sales coming up and we kind of already talked about the current summer sale uh with gamestop and as well as xbox and uh, sony's what is it? Flash sale? What do they call it? Yeah, they call it the flash sale. Right now, it's not the flash sale. It's the something something summer days sale or something. Okay. Summer of fun. TM upgrade. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was trying to merge information from another podcast that has the summer of fun. No. It's fantastic. <laughs> Anyways. Um, I, I know that also the Prime Day is coming up. and occasionally prime day will have amazon prime day just to be specific so people understand uh we'll have some video game sales there'll be games for sale but uh it seems that there's a lot of companies other competitors like target and walmart that are doing the same thing on the same day or the day before so i anticipate that again we're gonna have and talk about some good sales next week uh on our recording of the next podcast because there will be plenty to look from, or we will all fail, and it will be the same sale across the board for everybody, <laughs> because they just want to, uh, like, basically make the sale moot. You know what I mean? Like, like uh, as you said, the same price for, I don't know, one of the games is the same at GameStop, at physically as it is, and digitally at the flash sale for Sony. Oh, for sure. So I feel I like mean you mentioned the division two. I have an email from Amazon that it's twenty bucks See. on PlayStation Four and Xbox. So I hope that something good comes out of those sales. Maybe there will be something that Amazon has that Walmart doesn't and vice versa. But um I actually I saw a slick deal uh not 
too long ago earlier today for a wolfenstein game for a buck from walmart nice but i'm pretty sure that was probably a local walmart trying to get rid of a game but i don't know yeah not us local. there is um like oh yeah that makes sense there is a playstation 4 devil may cry bundle going on right now yeah, for, so, yeah yeah you can buy it includes rather one two three and four of devil may cry and it's eleven dollars and 24 cents oh yeah pretty good yeah and you can get all this uh via slick deals slick deals.com or sorry dot net uh is we'll be monitoring this so what's nice is that you'll be able to look and see and they're not a sponsor obviously but yeah. uh, unless you want to, guys, we're also here to uh, ha- talk about how awesome you are. Yeah. But they will monitor the, some of the deals that go across all the different vendors. So if you're curious, uh, you can go ahead and uh, check them out and, and avoid having to go back and forth between different websites. But, oh, yeah. it's It still says there's this deal on the top video game page for Slick Deals that Wolfenstein The New Order is a buck in store how how i'm how is that possible the new order yeah there's no way it's just ten dollars and 78 cents online but uh maybe you have to sometimes they have like input this code and suddenly uh maybe only i don't know what only ymmv means in store only ymmv anyways did you see any slick deals (laughs) haha uh yeah there's a bunch actually that came out or i've seen yeah um specifically i said the devil may cry one um there's a actually a couple different nintendo switch bundles that are pretty cheap right now really yeah there's like a mario kart 8 bundle (laughs) with which i think is now infinite or whatever it's 359 um or you can get uh i saw another one and where did that go well, I'm, I must have deleted it. But anyway, um, Division <laughs> Two for twenty bucks. I mean, there's plenty of stuff out there. Just go look, and you'll find some stuff. Yeah, I saw like Kingdom Hearts <laughs> was on sale for twenty dollars already. Oh yeah, uh, depressing. Yeah. Uh, but you can get it used at GameStop for fifteen ninety five, which is yeah, not gonna say anything. <laughs> um, they have a lot. There's a lot of pre-owned sales, I guess, going on. Um, uh, somehow Breath of the Wild I did see that I was going to bring that up is still $43 well yeah so like it's still actually $60 but right now there's a sale on some no name game set website that's it's $43 and change mm-hmm. which is actually a pretty good deal it's just I don't know that I trust Mass Genie yeah I, <laughs> to buy a game digitally I, so i have a i have a alert for octopath and sometimes i get some really shady yeah uh, i will say that i have uh with the right game at the right time a long time ago i have bought games on very shady websites and you know it's always like is it gonna work are they gonna steal my credit card number did they already sell my credit card number you know that kind of thing am i really josh (laughs) am i really josh so that's where it becomes a concern anyway there's a the steam sale is over but there's a steam deal that i got dawn of war 2 is actually five bucks right now nice so that's a, a warhammer 40k game which seems pretty cool i've had it on my wish list a long time I just like don't want to buy any more games. I'm really okay 
I really have all the games I want right now. So, yeah. Here uh, I am. Here you are. I, I always see Titanfall 2 on sale. Like, it's always something that's like $2 to get uh, um, Titanfall 2 uh, for Xbox It's worth every penny. Yeah. Definitely grab it. I think I'm going to... Um, eventually pick it up i'm st- so there was one slick deal that kept coming back and forth and it was like two dollars for that or you could do the um crackdown the newest crackdown game for two dollars and every ah. single time i try to buy it via ebay which is what it was it it wouldn't apply the the my purchase wouldn't complete and it was always airing out and i don't know if it's because there's a lot of people buying the, the game but i just kind of gave up but uh I had one thing I wanted to end with. You talked about the topic today was talking about like the, the some concerns about the digital versus the disc physical copies of the games and how that'll affect and so on and so forth. I never knew about this place until I accidentally ran came across it uh from someone who mentioned it to me. But like have you ever heard of the Pink Gorilla? No. Okay, so the Pink Gorilla is a location in Seattle that is like the mecca of retro games and it's a retro gaming store where you walk in and they have hundreds upon hundreds of used games for all all models all uh genres uh it also includes like you know like uh uh i don't know uh, toys and plushies they have random gear there like they have a bunch of stuff that just like video game gear we'll call it that uh and it is the coolest thing in the world uh that there is a store now they have two apparently where it they all they do is sell retro games and it's good quality they have like return policies like it's like a legitimate place and it just gives me a good feeling that there some of these stores might actually thrive when we get later on into the you know the more digital age because these are going to be games that people might not want to play <clears throat> digitally or can't get a hold of digitally and they can go to a place like the pink gorilla in seattle and go to town i feel like i'd spend so much money here yeah um it's dangerous their website doesn't have a whole bunch on it yeah their website sucks um but so if you type in pink gorilla yeah there's like youtube videos of people going to this place there's a news article there was a news article just the other day let me see but it sounds amazing. Like, oh my gosh, that'd be really dangerous. I'm glad they're only in Seattle right now. Yeah, like <laughs> Business Insider just had a, a huge article in the beginning of this year um, talking about, no, stupid ad blocker. Yes, I know I'm using an ad blocker. Get over it. Um, and it just it's just cool looking at some of the pictures that they have. I mean, they have like a Super Nintendo system set up for you can play what looks like uh street fighter nice classic holy cow it is packed it is packed with stuff this store some of the people are like they're overwhelmed walking in because there's just so much so much it's insane oh my gosh i'm so glad this is not near me (laughs) yeah this would be so bad they have atari games they have oh my gosh Okay, I'm gonna. I'm just turning that off right now. There's like N64 games in yep. original containers. Yeah, can no, oh. I'm good. Pass. <laughs> I I feel like that's a dangerous Run place, away. but there there are places in life that you can still spend money on games. <laughs> yeah, physically. Cool. 
All right, well, that's it. I'm done talking to you. Yeah, I'm done with you. So that's I think that's how we're ending these now. We're just done talking to each other. Yep. Can't pull ten Pokemon. What? <laughs> Do you ever? Okay. All right. <laughs> I'll send you the link. <laughs> Oh my god. There's a lot of swearing, so I'm not gonna quote it, of course, you know. So Yeah. Anyway. This is not the show. We're ending the show now. Okay. Bye.